What is happening? It is the Nintendo Powercast, and we are continuing the countdown to The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. And today's episode, we're going to be looking at Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass. Now, we're over here on Zelda.fandom.com, and we are taking a look at Zelda, The Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass, which this one near and dear to me i loved wind waker so much i could not put this one down what's crazy is i finished this one was excited when spirit tracks got announced and then i fell flat with that one i was like wait this feels like a train is just telling me where i need to go and i don't really get to explore but we'll get to that one a little bit later let's jump in to the legend of zelda phantom hourglass so this is the 14th main installment in the Legend of, Zelda, Legend of Zelda series. It is the first Legend of Zelda game for the Nintendo DS and a direct sequel to The Wind Waker. Now, this is why I loved this game so much. It was a direct sequel to Wind Waker. I fell in love with Wind Waker. I really did. I, I'm, I'm, as we've talked about it a few times, I'm, I'm, I keep trying to like refresh my memory and just think back, like, was I disappointed at first? Did it, I, but I really, I don't think I was. I think I was all in on Wind Waker from the moment I saw it. And after playing it, still one of like, it, what's interesting is when I rate my Zelda games, I think about like real staple titles, Ocarina of Time, you know, and uh, A Link to the Past. But then I, I often forget about Wind Waker because it was so different that there's moments that it doesn't always feel like a, like a Zelda game. But then when I go back and I've played it or I see some gameplay, I immediately remember how much I love that game. And it goes it goes up there on the list for me. No, no question. So the development team for the Phantom Hourglass uh, has many returning developers from Four Swords Adventures, many of whom in turn were chosen um, from those who worked on A Link to the Past. OK, the story, the search for the ghost ship. Set sometime after the Wind Waker, Phantom Hourglass opens with Tetra and her pirate crew, along with Link chasing down a ghost ship claimed to have been claimed to have taken sailors and residents from the local islands. The crew discovers that the ship, the, the crew discovers the ship, but when Tetra goes aboard to explore, she disappears. Link attempts to follow her, but ends up adrift in the ocean. Link later recovers through the help of the fairy Celia, and I'm not sure if I'm saying the name right, so forgive me, um, who has some amnesia about her past, and an old man named Oshis, who helped Link on his quest to find the ghost ship and reunite with Tetra. To that end, they enlist the help of a reluctant Captain Linebeck and his ship after saving him from the Temple of the Ocean King. Linebeck offers or only offers to help with the expectation of finding treasure along the way. Link discovers that to learn of the ghost ship's position, they must find the spirits of courage, wisdom, and power. Using maps and clues hidden in the temple of the Ocean King. However, to overcome the evil forces in the temple, Link must make use of the sands of hours within the Phantom Hourglass, possessed by other creatures around um, and possessed by other creatures around the islands to prevent his life force from being drained. With the aid of the hourglass, Link is able to locate and uh, ally with the spirits of wisdom and power easily. But the spirit of courage he finds looks exactly like Celia. Oceus explains that Celia is actually the spirit of courage 
and she lost her memory when Bellum attacked her. He also reveals that he himself is the Ocean King. Ocean further explains that he, he and Celia had to take their present forms to hide from the life-eating monster Bellum, who is the cause of the ghost ship and other evil in the local area, and has taken residence at the very depths of the temple. Link succeeds in his attempt to rescue Tetra with the help of the three spirits, but finds Tetra is now a statue a further effect in Bellum's life-draining power. Link is ready to continue, but Lineback initially refuses to help further, having come up empty-handed for treasure so far. Though he agrees to continue once Oshis promises to grant Lineback one wish after Link's quest is complete. The weapon to banish Bellum. Link learns that the only way to defeat Bellum is to forge the Phantom Sword from three unique pure metals around the local islands after collecting the materials and forging the phantom sword link descends to the bottom level of the temple and initially appears to have defeated bellum tetra is freed from the statue form and revived but before the group can celebrate bellum re-emerges from the ocean depths and takes tetra again in the ensuing battle of the of the ss lineback and the ghost ship lineback's ship is lost as well as Oshis and Link and Tetra, uh, and Link and Tetra are captured. Lineback reluctantly picks up the Phantom Sword and is able to free Link and Tetra at the cost of his own freedom, but is able to give Link back the Phantom Sword before Bellum possesses Lineback and turns him into a Phantom, like Knight. But Link is ultimately able to vanquish Bellum without harming Lineback. As the adventure closes, the sand from the Phantom Hourglass is released into the sea. Oshis, now in his true form as a gray, blue, and white whale, readies to depart with the spirits, while Linebeck, surprising everyone, wishes not for treasure before his ship back. After everyone says their goodbyes, Link and Tetra find themselves back on the pirate ship, where it seems only 10 minutes have passed for the rest of the crew, and they insist that it was all a dream. However, Link still possesses the now empty hourglass and spies Lineback's ship on the horizon, knowing full well that this adventure was real. The gameplay. Phantom Hourglass is an action-adventure game, and its gameplay is structured similarly to other games in the Legend of Zelda series. As the game follows chronologically after Wind Waker, the game is primarily divided into two major gameplay sections, sailing between islands and exploring the islands and the dungeons on foot. Overworld exploration, the travel between islands, Link is given control of the paddle steamer called the SS Lineback. Link can pilot a course by drawing on a sea chart, redrawing the course to make the alterations as needed. While on voyage, he can shoot at enemies attacking the ship and jump to avoid obstacles that may appear. Link can also salvage treasures from the ocean floor, go fishing, or quickly warp to remote points once certain symbols are learned. When on land, the game shows a map of the area on the top screen in a 3D top-down view of Link and his nearby surroundings on the lower screen. At nearly any time, the map can be brought down to the lower screen and can be drawn on using the stylus, typically to make notes, but also to identify locations of objects for later reference or to control certain aspects of the world. Link is controlled through the stylus, moving him around by pointing to the sides of the screen and also interacting with objects and people by 
or attacking foes by tapping on them. Other motions with a stylus can be used for additional moves and attacks. Tools common in the Legend of Zelda series, such as the boomerang, grappling hook, and shovel, are acquired through the game and are used to open new passages to acquire additional treasures, all used by either pointing or drawing with the stylus. The game also uses the microphone for some events, including blowing out fires and defeating certain types of monsters and other aspects of the DS system, such as closing the unit to create an imprint on a map. This was like a, like a blessing and a curse for me, honestly, like when it came to the DS Nintendo often forced you to use the stylus. And I remember when I was, I was a bit reluctant about playing Phantom Hourglass because of strictly stylus controls. It's essentially point and click. Right. There's there's not there's not much more to it than that. But th there are other games similar like Ninja Gaiden is completely used with a stylus as well. And it's not it, it, it's not terrible. It's not my it's not the ideal way to play. Don't get me wrong. I would I would prefer to never, never have to go back to that and would love to have played this game like more like a traditional Zelda game with the with the D-pad and the buttons. But that being said, it still worked. They did a great job with this game. That if you if you've never had the chance to play it, I mean it's it's gonna be a tough one to it's gonna be a tough one to come by now, especially with the Wii U gone. But hopefully, hopefully those games that made it to the Wii U will eventually make it to the eShop. I I still have fingers crossed that we're gonna see the uh, the Nintendo Switch Online will also get DS games at some point because there's options to play this without needing a dual screen, and. This is a game I just I would love to see people be able to go back and play. I'm very excited that Minish Cap is back is is we're able to play on on the Switch, and ultimately would love to see the Switch become a, a a complete Zelda machine where you can go back and play any games in the series. And this is one that I highly recommend. Now, how do they go about doing this on the Switch? That's the real question. With the Wii U, it was simple. The gamepad had a stylus. But are we going to have to use just finger controls if this like like put our finger like touchscreen or will they present us with a stylus if if DS games make it over to Nintendo Switch online? I'm just curious how it would all work out. But this is a game that I would say check out if worst like absolute worst case scenario, get on YouTube and watch a playthrough because there is some great 1080p 60 frames a second playthroughs of of phantom hourglass so that you can experience the story that way now uh going into some more gameplay elements stealth the game possesses a number of stealth elements in certain dungeons near invincible centuries known as phantoms may roam the floor with their location and direction visible to link on the map and will chase him down if he is spotted or makes a loud noise however special areas on these floors allow a safe haven for link to stay undetected in even if he was detected just moments before these special areas also play a role in the main dungeon, the temple of the ocean King. This temple is filled with, uh, um, I'm not even sure a miasma, miasma that will sap links. I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that right. So forgive me. That will sap links life unless link stays in these special areas. Uh, or time remains in the phantom hourglass. The amount of time in the hourglass can be restored by returning to sunlight and additional time gained by defeating the primary bosses within the game. Uh, as well as the occasional reward in the treasure hunting game, the hourglass can be expanded to a maximum of 25 minutes. N now, 
uh, I think uh, I'm going to read a little bit further here, but I'm, as I'm, as I read that, it said that phantoms would only be alerted by movement or noise. And because the microphone was used in this game, I, I vaguely remember a moment where I was sneaking around and somebody came into the room I was in, slammed a door, triggered the phantom who then I had to run from and maybe even, maybe even died just because of the noise that was being made. I can't remember if that is true, but I vaguely remember something happening like that. And uh, so we'll continue on and it may, it may, uh, it, it, it may turn out to be, to be the case. So the game's graphics are done in a style of wind waker. The game is played with a top down perspective with 3d graphics, the model, the model of the characters, as well as that of the enemies and bosses are also reminiscent of the 2003 Zelda entry in a similar style that the early 2d installments in the series, the game's audio has commonplace theme for each type of environment, a town, a, a, a wild field, a dungeon, a boss battle, the sea, a mini game, and during the retrieval of sunken treasure. Other than that though, the music is reminiscent of that of wind waker. Um, as far as the setting, the game takes place in the world of the Ocean King, a land similar to the Great Sea and the Wind Waker. Although the insular territory is more compact, the islands are bigger in size and have higher population level, as well as more areas to be explored and more interactive landscape. The world consists of 20 different islands. Um Timeline and placement. The game is set after the events of Wind Waker, which makes it the second confirmed entry in the adult timeline. And it follows, um, it is followed a hundred years later by Spirit Tracks, which is situated in the new land that was discovered eventually by Link, Tetra, and her pirate crew. The Phantom Hourglass Stylus. During the release of the game, a transparent Phantom Hourglass theme stylist shaped like a feather pen was made available for a limited time and it could only be obtained by registering the game on nintendo's website and taking the subsequent survey now i don't remember doing this and i did i i didn't which surprises me because i was usually pretty up on this kind of stuff um ds light and special edition bundles the special limited edition bundle was released both in north america and europe each one including a copy of the game and the Zelda theme console. The North American version included a golden console with the Triforce and the European version, a silver console with the game logo and artwork of Link and Celia. The European edition was limited to a thousand copies. So that thing's probably worth uh, worth something now. As, as far as reviews, the game received critical acclaim from reviewers who agreed that the game was a worthy sequel to Wind Waker. Former game spot critic Alex Navarro praised the gameplay interface, citing its innovative nature and easiness to master, as well as the graphics and sailing uh, mechanic being more lenient than the Wind Waker. However, he also criticized the repetitive nature of the Temple of the Ocean King due to the fact that it must be visited several times and the same puzzles had to be solved frequently. The score clocked in at a 9 so again my time with the game i really really enjoyed this one it was one i couldn't put down played start to finish handheld gaming on ds was just really something special uh, again there were moments that it was like they would force us to use a stylus that it wasn't great but this was one of those games that it did actually work and i really enjoyed playing it and uh so that is going to do it for this uh th this 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 14th 14th game in the mainline the mainline series stay tuned tomorrow as we take a look at the next the next game on the list which i believe 
is, I believe, is Spirit Tracks. So Spirit Tracks will be next, followed by Skyward Sword, Link Between Worlds, Triforce Heroes, and then Breath of the Wild. So some real, some real great, uh, some real great titles um, as we uh, to look at as we continue our countdown to Tears of the Kingdom. Hope you guys have an amazing day, and we will see you in the next one. Bye now.